I'm John. And I'm Ron. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 102 of Digital Divination, ever stepping closer for that elusive 200th episode. Are you going to do this for 97 more episodes, John? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of fun for a while, but yeah, I'll probably okay. forget, you know, eventually. Gonna, <laughs> That's good. If you're yeah. going to do it often, I have to channel an, a uh, uh, math teacher from several years ago and say, you mean 102 because 102. and means decimal. Right. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And I don't, I, well, I have hmm. not found that to be the case since, right? But it was drilled into me early on in a yes. math teacher that the and yeah, is the decimal. I think now, that's, that, that's a fair point because you don't do that. Like, that's how I write when, when one would write checks, which one does not do much anymore. <laughs> you don't put and yeah. until you're referring to the and, you know, the decimal part. of 100 cents. Yeah. Yes. So that's very interesting. I never really yeah. connected that. All right. Well, with that correction of my uh, – <clears throat> Ron, do your thing. I have another uh, uh, clarification is that I'm an employee of Wizards of the Coast, uh, but my opinions here are mine and not theirs. All right. Now that we get all that stuff out of the way. Okay. I'll try to. I'll try not to, to remember about that next <laughs> episode then. Um, so I'm really excited. I uh, got approved to go to Gen Con. Ooh. Excellent. As a GM, and I am GMing like, let's see, let's see, it's going to be two, four times six, 24 hours of Starfinder 2 playtest. And you're going to wow. do it in 12 hours of time. No, I'm good. <laughs> Multiple but I don't tables think I at once. And, oh. <laughs> yes. so, so I'm pretty excited about uh, the Starfinder 2 uh, playtest that's coming out. And uh, other, and so I'll say that's one thing I think we can talk a little bit about coming out. Jason had pointed out something that was posted recently online. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing I think we can talk about is also Gen Con is they're going to have um, the uh, Gen Con Academy out there. Alan Bangs, one of our listener, is in charge of that. And uh, I thought one of the things we could talk about is kind of designing, developing, GMing for various ages. On, on these games, especially when we're looking at, uh, you know, K through 12 folks. Cool. Neat. Can I ask you, do you, and if you can't say, then don't say, but if you're 24 hours, how long is each, how long is each session you're doing? An hour, two hours? I don't know if I can say that. I okay. I don't know what the rules are for those sorts of things. Well, let's, let's presume I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make an asset of you and option, right? I'm going to make an assumption. <laughs> That you are running, um, like maybe quick demos of an hour session, right? And if you're doing that, twenty-four different demos, and you're doing that for six people at each demo, that is what 144 new people wow. you will be showing off Starfinder to. Even if they're two hour sessions, that's two. seventy-two two. people that you'll be. <laughs> yes. That's a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And the interesting thing, uh, you know, I sent the thing in and like really quick, I get a response back. Apparently, there's not a lot of folks signing up to run Starfinder first edition or playtest for Gen Con. So anybody who's interested in doing that should apply because I think they'll uh, oh, yeah. they'll get picked they'll up. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, so I'm pretty excited. The other thing that's different. So I haven't been to Gen Con for a while. This is my first time since the pandemic because my, my health conditions and stuff. Um, there, uh, if you do enough blocks, you get to share a room with just with one other person. Um, so it's a lot better than it used to be four to a room before. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Uh, they've since uh, changed it to two to a room, which is, I know if pe- enough people that I'd be happy to room with that, that actually works out pretty good. It's great. It's good. Yeah. That, yeah. But Jason, uh, you were pointing What's something that? out about an adventure that had been already mentioned and had a product page. Yeah. So like, like the June and July product pages got posted like what Friday. Um, and there was a tweet about it with some, some, some cool, uh, cover art, some, some revealed cover arts, um, and, uh, some stuff for Pathfinder and, uh, second edition and, and Starfinder playtest stuff. Um, before I get into this adventure though, I, and if you, if any of you can find the thing they they, they posted the cover and I, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be the cover for the playtest rulebook. Um, and it's, uh, definitely, it's got this, it's got this real bright red kind of like. It's it's very bright, right? You know, you picture the you know original uh, Starfinder Cold book. It was not 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 colorless, not not uh, but subdued, might one might say. Um, this has got uh, uh, basically um, uh, 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 it's got it's got what's her? Oh my god, Obaziah, clearly Obaziah, a kind of a new and improved Obaziah. We've got in the background there, um, uh, 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 Chick Chick. Right. Oh yeah. Keskadai's yeah. son, yep. who's got this like ball of red energy, kind of like lighting up the whole thing, and then a new iconic. And it looks like uh, some Patra, just basically this cat folk looking. Uh, oh yeah, with the glasses, the goggles, or whatever. With the goggles and the and the yeah. mechanical arm of some kind. Um, what class is that? I, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, actually, I do know, but um, right. uh, evolution is it, it is not. It is not obvious. Maybe it's <laughs> not obvious. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, and they're slicing up some bugs. Looks like they're slicing up some swarm. Yeah, uh, creatures. So that's pretty cool. Very, I know. Very, it's got like reds and purples with this sort of green Obzaya with with bigger armor on than she's ever worn. Uh, uh, kind of, and with the new logo, kind of heralding this sort of new look. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, for Starfinder Second Edition, I think, um, which is pretty cool, um, and you know, <laughs> clearly, sort of, uh, it's clear that they they said, "Oh, we got to put this inside a spaceship," so we put these windows above everyone yes. to show the stars, so so that we are in space. This otherwise could be kind of anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, um, just a gang of you know, gang of non-human people just chilling anywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's fighting, whatever. Yeah. So, Ron, I'll put a link in chat. I don't know if you've found it or not. So, okay. Well, you can click on that to see. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the color scheme is a lot different. And yeah. what do you think of the logo, the Starfinder Second Edition logo? I'm kind of curious. I'm um, a mixed bag about it, I guess. I kind of, it, 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 it's got this, um, it's got a little bit of this retro vibe, I think. Right. 
Right, right. I think, you know, That's I, what I, I was like, thinking, like retro like comic vibe even. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I do kind of dig it. I don't uh, know if I like that S it's a bunch, the way that S kind of looks like a five. But um, Now it runs into the T like in Star Trek? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it yeah. does kind of have a little Star Trek going on there, doesn't oh, it? Oh, the yeah. S and the T are together. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was looking at the thing behind it, which looks like a like a cool ninja star. Like when I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. twelve or thirteen, almost, I'd be like, "Oh, that's a cool ninja star." <laughs> it almost looks like this is like a hole opening up, and the logo is shooting out of it, like a hole in space. Maybe it's coming out of the drift. The logo is coming out of the drift. Yeah, I don't oh, know because the bottom of the S is screen. yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's a way I can do that. No, I don't have any way to show yeah, it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you can go check it out. The, check out the Paizo Twitter. Uh, it's the you know a bunch of stuff uh, for new uh, rule books and adventures and stuff like that. Um, and then there's some more. And hey, there's going to be some Starfinder flip mats apparently also available when the with the playtest. But also, there's this adventure, this playtest adventure basically, then mm-hmm. called A Cosmic Birthday uh, by Jenny Jerzabski. You know, member of the team. Uh, you know, she knows her stuff when it comes to adventures and has uh, was you know because because on the team very much knows what's going on before you know getting this done before we get far you know before we put it out on um for um freelancers take our um and I just wanted to talk about it because it's. It's got a big blob on the cover, some sort of cosmic horror of some kind. And to talk a little bit about what the product page says. Um, uh, And I'll go ahead and read that right now. Uh, A nascent cosmic entity stirs deep within one of the pack world's planets. To aid the god's birth, its most devoted followers search the ghost levels of Absalom Station for a sufficient power source, a strange pocket dimension existing alongside the hub of the pack worlds. As the entity's emergence sends ripples across space-time, a group of heroes becomes trapped in the ghost levels. With dangerous creatures and ominous power surges threatening the station, the heroes must team up with the residents of Little Akaton to s- investigate these horrifying new foes, stop their meddling, and stay alive. Um, it is a first-level adventure, which I assume uh, probably has a couple. It's probably if this is not just a thin. It, does it say how many pages it is? It doesn't. Um, uh, 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 it's one of those things like not a whole lot of information about it. Uh, that I can also that I can't I can that I can't share, but um, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a simple like sixteen page um, right like right, free right. RPG day thing, right? It's it's priced at twenty five dollars, so one can it assume is. that it's yes, one can assume wow. that this is going to be essentially a module. Uh, yeah, that probably has mm-hmm. first, second, third, maybe even fourth levels. Yeah, yeah, so, soft cover, not hard cover, at twenty five dollars. Soft cover, yeah, yeah. usually. Now, I I wonder if I have to subscribe now to Starfinder Second Edition to automatically start getting this. Maybe, maybe. Well, this is. I mean, I'm I'm super excited because I love Octurn. I think it's one of the coolest planets in the Pact Worlds, and it's the one with a slumbering evil god in the middle of it. So yeah, I didn't. It doesn't say anything about Octurn on it, but if you know your, if you know your Starfinder lore and. Yeah, it, that's pretty deep in the Starfinder lore. And yeah. one thing I know that they try really hard to do is make sure that um, the the text for what an adventure is about or what any kind of product is about is not just understandable to people who are deep in the lore, but the target audience is not so much the consumer as it is distributors. Distributors need to know, yeah. right? oh, this is a thing I can sell. And if mm-hmm. it's yes. chock full of buzzwords, they might be, hmm. 
I don't know if I can sell that so you, much. You don't want to throw out, yeah, like you don't want to throw out too many of them, too many place names and whatever. But then things like the ghost levels of Absalom Station, that's evocative. You kind of, you don't right. really 100% need to know what that is, but from those five words, you can kind of get an idea of something, right? You know, Absalom Station, Space Station, if this is, you know, you know it's a, start, it's a space game. Um, what are the levels? You know, pretty easy. What are ghost levels? Why are they full of ghosts? Yeah, that's, are they that's hidden? You know, those of us who know the lore know what the ghost levels are. Uh, right. But um, but but this nascent cosmic entity, right? Uh, like uh, like you said, Ron, it's definitely going to be. It's definitely referring to Octurn something, right? So <laughs> uh, if you, you know the second paragraph of this goes like, um, you know, this is a chance to 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 play the play the play test, right? And then it also takes place during a pivotal moment of Starfinder history. Even if you miss the playtest window, you won't want to miss the adventure. Okay, so they are probably, t- you know, they're doing something here. Are they, it, will this adventure, this adventure is going to take place on Absalom Station. It doesn't seem like it's going to be going maybe to Octurn to stop this. So is it is it happening? Hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a, 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 a change in the, in the, in the uh, history, you know, a change of the, 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 the setting of Starfinder. Well, and there's a, another interesting thing. So first of all, I noticed that it does say it's part of the Starfinder Adventure <laughs> subscription, which yes. are, you know, Redshift, uh, Redshift Rally and to Defy the Drag right. and all those. And those are all like 45 to 60 pages. It's pretty, mm-hmm. those are pretty substantial. So, you know, pretty good size thing then. And yeah. they're $25? Is, is that the kind of yeah, the going think, price I for them? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Let me look at this one here. I think it's interesting that it's specifically yeah. set on the ghost levels, as we mentioned, because isn't, uh, uh, you remember this, the Starfinder beginner box has an adventure in it that's basically a little space dungeon crawl that I think is mm. also set in the ghost levels of Absalom Station. Yeah, I think so too. The ghost levels are a great sort of tool where you can do and have anything in them mm-hmm. and have it be a sci-fi dungeon. Bit crawl basically right yeah. it's, it's just here's some places in in absalom station that are deep under underground right for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word uh and are full of mysterious things happening and and not not fully explored so go nuts go go over here and, and find some a goblin cultists or you know some creepy uh, cosmic horrors um space trolls that kind of stuff can kind of be in there and it you know you you have the same you can have the same familiar beats of a dungeon crawl but being oh and now here are steam pens, vents and laser blasts and stuff like that that is that is really interesting like Octurn kind of waking up and and birthing its big horror it talks about changes in the settings if i can i i'll just spin off a speculation here um i know that in pathfinder they have elected to just leave the drow behind for orc as being too ogl well just inside the orbit of octurn is a planet that's just chock full of drow so mm-hmm. maybe octurn wakes up eats up the nearby planet and then they very neatly <laughs> don't have to worry about drow oh, in the man. setting anymore got to like yeah then it, and it reduces the number of pack worlds because there are far too many pack worlds <laughs> entities to be perfectly honest there's some gravitational implications from from consuming a planet, though I think. Yeah, but magic, 
<laughs> you can just wave your hands at it and be like, <laughs> but it, it's interesting though. It says the emergence sends ripples across space time. It yeah. doesn't say space and time. It says space time. Space I mean, time. I don't even know what that means now. Cosmic entities. It's a combination of space and time. That's a new it's thing. certainly a yeah, very sci-fi word. Yeah. I was expecting the word continuum to come after that. As yeah. I was reading it. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Space time continuum. Of the space time continuum is what Jenny. I mean, it's in good. Uh, this is Jenny Jerzowski, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the whole product's in really good hands. I've liked well, the sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 She writes uh, fun stuff. Fun yeah. Stuff. It's going to be fun for, you know, some, yeah. it's going to be uh, uh, good for, for even like whether or not you are familiar with Starfinder or not familiar with Starfinder, I'm sure this is going to have a lot of fun stuff in it, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to introduce you to some some ways. It's, I, I, I think what we're going to get to is kind of just a, a, a vibe on what Starfinder Second Edition Adventures are going to be like in general, like, like, like going forward, I think. And not to say that they can't go and do different things, but like, you know, but, but, but just a sort of like a, uh, uh, you know, I, I I had my hands in a lot of the Starfinder Adventure Path First Edition Adventure Paths, and I I can imagine my fingerprints are all over there, so you kind of know what you're getting when you're getting into mm-hmm. a Starfinder Adventure Path volume. Um, for the most part, uh, at least the ones that I worked on, uh, there's a certain you know everyone every I feel like a lot of developers, a lot of designers have their own um signatures in a lot of ways, right? Like they you have your bit of 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 I don't know. It's just, it's, it's tough to say. Um, I can't, but it's, it's because it's just, you just kind of like you, you, you have to do the outlines from scratch and you think about what is interesting to you. That's something you're going to work on for months and months and months and months. You have to be kind right. of excited about it. Right. Um, and so you, you find things that, that are exciting about stories for you. That's the, that's the sort of thing I talk about when I talk about attack of the swarm is like, it gets weird in the middle there because yeah, I'm does. weird. And I, I didn't that's want it fault? to be just like, it's, it's, oh, I mean, I'm the one thing, who, that's you. That's my idea. That was my idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it was like, weird. <laughs> it gets weird because I was like, oh, what if you go to this place? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and not just to be like, well, so it wasn't just, you know, six volumes. You got to fill up six volumes. And what is right, it? Just right, having, right, right. you fight the swarm kind of like battlefront, battlefront, you know, oh, you know, I think it yeah. would have gotten a little too stale for me to work on personally. Yeah. Someone else could have done it more uh less weird i don't know i don't say less weird weird in a different way maybe yeah Yeah, uh more you know focused on the military stuff maybe i don't know but um you know just to sort of show up again you know because starfinder 2 is also science fantasy right you gotta have that no for sure you gotta throw that magic and stuff in there you know one of the things i was thinking about with this because you know i'm thinking back to the pathfinder playtest they didn't do this sort of standalone adventure, a full blown one, right? They had all those little right. snippet things where you were right. testing, you know, everybody roll eighth level characters and try this and do, you know, those sections. And so one of the things I'm thinking of with this is that they're going to have a lot of interesting lore and things in here in yeah. kind of what they're thinking of in terms of the rule set. But if that changes after the play test, they can go and do an errata to the PDF on this. True. And you could get the whole adventure now updated for the actual rule. So, yeah. you know, you, you'll have a book that has all the lore and the pictures and stuff. And then maybe some of the the the, the bones of it changes a little bit because of balance things that they discover in the playtest. But this will still be a very playable adventure, I imagine, even well after the playtest. Definitely, what, yeah. Yeah, that's going to depend a lot on, I mean, because even 
even that type of change is not costless and it's not zero time. So it's, can they pull the people to do the rewriting, the edit, the art, the relayout? I mean, that's, that's, it's, uh, it's why there isn't a lot of, um, going back in order to, you know, fix up old adventure paths and things like that, that have had errors in them. They're just, you know what we got, we're moving on to other things. Not enough people, not enough time. And I totally understand that. We'll find the that yeah. Starfinder second edition infinite that I'll write up for him. So that's okay. Either way. We'll yeah, there it. you go. <laughs> What's that? I mean, I'll just, I'll just write an infinite uh, correction. Yeah. Once it come out with How a to whole, fix. Whole, so. <laughs> I mean, that's out well, there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing that really strikes me about this, you mentioned the Pathfinder playtest, the the um, yeah. for second edition, um, and they they landed in a different side of the line here. With the Pathfinder playtest, they were very clear in the logo and all the marketing. That was just Pathfinder playtest in great big letters, right? You right, knew right, this right. wasn't going to be the new version, and it was almost inviting you. Hey, this is the playtest. This is the thing where you can weigh in. This is the thing where your choices are going to be important. They're going to direct how the thing is going to go. But at the same time, they're also kind of saying, don't get too used to these rules. They're not going to stay the same. And so those two things kind of cut against each other, I think, from a marketing perspective. What mm-hmm. they've done here is they've used the Starfinder second edition logo. The word playtest is not on it anywhere. And they say a Starfinder Mm. second edition adventure that's not on there anywhere. So I think that on one hand, people will be like, oh, well, I want to, I want something that's finished. So I will buy this one. But maybe people looking to play test will be like, but you're implying I don't really have any say in what the ultimate thing is going to be. If you're telling me this is what Starfinder second edition is going to be, well, how much, how much do I have? And this cosmic adventure in particular by not putting the word playtest on it, I think is doing something very different than Doomsday Dawn did. Well, it says yeah. in the title, it's a Starfinder second edition playtest adventure though. Uh, I haven't seen, I don't see the art page for this one. Oh, if you go to the Twitter thread again, there is a cover. And again, this might not be a final cover. Uh, same with the playtest core. The I play guess test that's true too. Just say play, just say playtest rulebook. Oh yeah, I see it. Um, yeah, I see. You see it on the Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It oh. didn't say it on that. It just says in the product page itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, there, there's know, also, there I'd also say when they, they mentioned the ghost levels and the um, picture they have on Twitter for the Starfinder flip map, it shows kind of a slice of four different maps, one yeah, of which right. is so iconically ghost level, right? Kind of the abandoned industrial kind of dungeon area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Something I just noticed, uh, if you look at this virtual cover for the playtest rulebook, uh, is that we've landed on a um, a logo, like a you know how Pathfinder has the Pathfinder P that is kind of like on the base of the core, you know, base of the books at the bottom of the spine. Right. We've got this S, this sort of like S inside of a diamond logo. Yeah. Um, hmm. that I didn't think was an S for half a second. I, I, I thought it was just a, a, a swirl or something. And then I realized, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's, that's, that's the Starfinder S now instead of the, with the Pathfinder P. Just a little. You think? Cause, that, cause that, the big, the big point going off to the right extends kind of far for just a logo to be on something though. Like to fit on the binding and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, yeah. this is, this is. Not the yeah. final version of what's yeah. going to okay. look like. I think it will fit. Whatever they'll do, it'll fit it on a logo. Maybe, maybe they'll change it, right? You know, I don't know. Um, twist it or right. tweak it. Because you've got the kind of like 
diamond shape uh, that's behind the Starfinder main logo and then the S, the Starfinder S, which kind of does the Star Trek-y kind of like the, the edges of the S are, are, are going out further than they would in a normal typeface. Um, so, but, 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 but arranged differently than they are on the act, the Starfinder logo, the full yeah. logo. Well, there's some other interest now, now that we're looking at this, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, the picture again, the star, the cosmic birthday, uh, picture. I, I'll try to remember to put a link, uh, to this, uh, at least on the YouTube channel so people can okay. click on it here. Um, so a couple of things I noticed, first of all, Navasi's got a double holster for pistols, mm-hmm. which is really cool, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was wondering how you carry multiple pistols on one side, right? Uh, and then um, uh, ISIF looks like they have really long hair, a long, yeah, long they, hair off the- It looks the, like they may the, have grown out their mohawk, the, yeah. The mohawk, yeah, um, which is different, I think, than- Oh, uh, than kind of the mohawk look. Yeah, than the yeah. iconic that- um, it's been so a little bit, you know, some some tweaks there in the art. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder. If yeah, that... Navasi's cloak too, like like is more ragged here in the front. Yes, um, you know. Yeah, I we you know this is this is telling me we're going to see, and with the same the, the change to to um, I can Obazaya on the Corolla yeah. cover. Oh yeah, looks we different. know the difference between a, we're getting a new diff, iconic Mystic. Yeah, we're seeing we're going to see a lot of changes to the other iconic any other iconics yeah. that might exist right yeah um, that's cool which is That'd good be fun yeah yeah well i'm glad you brought this up and uh I'm, I'm i'm getting more and more excited you know i just got my plane ticket so i got pretty excited already there you go. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah i had to i'm actually going to visit uh, a friend i'm going to i'm going to go to gen con and then i'm going to uh, take a bus to my visit my friend in dayton and then i'm going to take a bus back to cincinnati and fly back from cincinnati uh wow. a little bit closer because um, the bus is like $18 to go from Indianapolis to his place. It's like, you know, he visits me, me out here all the time in the holidays. And I used to, every time I went through the middle of the country, I'd stop and visit him. I haven't done it for a while. So I figured, okay, uh, I better do that. Um, but it's just amazing. Uh, the flight fluctuations, pricing and all that stuff. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys are lucky if you go, you don't have to worry about of your own pocket stuff, but uh, for us non-industry people, yeah, the dollar amounts matter. <laughs> anyway, so that's cool. Um, well, the other thing, again, as I mentioned, was um, you know Alan had um, talked about uh, you know he's he's going to be doing uh, the, the Paizo Academy, so running he'll, he'll be in charge of running games for uh, folks that are under eighteen and under, basically there. And one of the things that I was thinking about is uh, particularly for Starfinder, how for for the most part it is very it's been very family friendly. There are some uh, content warnings. I know, like uh, when I played, um, geez, now I can't remember it. Um, threefold, no, not that one. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the horror one. Yeah, oh, Signal the, of Screams. Uh, Signal of Screams had Signal a content screams. warning on that. Um, that was important. Yeah. yeah, that was an important one. I did. I didn't like some of that content, so I'm glad there was a warning in there. <laughs> no, so we could tone it down. You're welcome. Yeah, and then uh, of late uh, with uh, Starfinder organized play in uh, season six, um, so we're starting season seven this 
this summer, season six, I wrote an adventure in my adventure and another one adjacent to it both had content warnings as well. And so there are some things in there that could be trigger things. Um, and then something that happened earlier, like, uh, like season four. Yeah. Um, it didn't initially have a content warning, but it happened to happen to come out during the pandemic. And so they had to go back and do a retroactive content warning because you're basically Starfinders going to help stop a pandemic and all this <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. So, so they had to go back and put a content warning on that after the fact. Um, that makes sense. But so in terms of, you know, kind of building these adventures and designing them, does uh, Paizo uh, kind of go out of their way to make them more fa family friendly? Or is that very? I, I think I think we want to make it be P PG. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. P probably maybe, you know, yeah, it, you know, not necessarily all ages, but not right. nothing never anything that's so objectionable that would get like an you know like a real i mean you know obviously these games have lots of violence and whatnot right. so we with that sort of that sort of sets the bar right um we're not the adventure is never going to be just about making a birthday party for you know your leshy friends it, there's going to be some you know not to say you can't work around it but like there, there will be the stats for a, something to fight um mm -hmm. so i i think it's important to to though to make it so that they are for the majority you know friendly to 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 younger you know all most most ages you know the usual right. sort of like 13 and up uh uh people who can you play the game you know understand the game and 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 enjoy it um i think there is a sort of there is a good market out there for the very very all ages kind of like games and whatnot things you can play with your younger kids get them introduce them to um you know tabletop role-playing games and that kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now ron i know before you moved on to wizards you were working with a company that was kind of doing more pushing the boundaries for Starfighter oh, stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Grimmer Space stuff was sort of very much um, Starfinder rules and the like, but it was very much horror uh, to such a degree that the different systems, the different parts of it all had different types of horror that were sort of emblematic of that area, right? If you went with one of the, uh, you know, one of the, one of the groups that was all about the body horror, it was leaning hard into the body horror. Uh, there was a whole planet that's sort of populated with, in addition to the people that are there, it's also populated with ghosts, but they're not like they're ghosts of some ancient vanished civilization reacting in a, to things that don't even exist anymore, right? Some of them will mm -hmm. fade out of your wall, shriek, and then sort of move at a weird angle through. And it was just sort of unusual rather than just sort of typical ghost stories. So it was a science fiction sort of element to it as well. Alien ghosts, I guess you could say. Um, and so being able to hit a lot of those different elements is fantastic. Uh, the Grimmer Space stuff that I did, I did a fair amount of development for them. And each time was kind of getting myself, okay, what's the zone of this type of horror? And they were like, yeah, we can go, you know, we're, we're not restricting ourselves to the PG-13 of, uh, of like the, the hardest that, that Paizo will go. We're going way harder than that. Um, 
but the rating you mentioned the content rating uh, or the content warning that they have. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably, if I have to predict, there's probably going to be a division at some point between like an age rating and a content warning, because I think right now mm-hmm. there's a tendency in Paizo and in a lot of other uh, role-playing games I've seen to do kind of a, to kind of put both of those concepts together, a content mm-hmm. warning and an age rating. But if you've got sort of this visceral fear of spiders or right. what's it? The, the typophobia. What's the one where the little holes of things is really super creepy. Trip. Mm. Tripophobia. Right. Um, then it kind of doesn't matter what age you are. That's still right. content you want to know about coming into it. But if it's got certain amount of, uh, you know, violence or gore in the descriptions or things like that, then that's a, that's a rating thing, I suppose for, uh, mm-hmm. for ages. Right. right. Um, I think that it's important. And the reason I point this out is because whether, even if you're gaming for kids, even if you know that the story is going to be pitched to the appropriate age level for nine to 11 year olds, let's say whoever you're running for, you still kind of want to get a sense of the content stuff, right? If any of those those kids are particularly weirded out by spiders, all right, maybe falling into the spider nest is not something you should have in your adventure. Oh yeah. Mm. So, um, The, uh, anyway, that's become kind of a part of the, uh, 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 part of the conversation around gaming more recently. I really like to see that. I think that content warnings are more frequent, which I like to see. There's some things that even, even if they hit at all ages, I'd rather not see in my games. So it's nice for Mm -hmm. me to have sort of content warnings to, to skim past and things. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, but that's, that's really great to see. Tabletop role-playing needs a version of what some video games have been doing lately, which is the arachnophobia slider, <laughs> um, which lets you, uh, in games that have spiders, if you turn it all the way down, it turns the spiders into a blob. Or in some games, it's just the word spider. <laughs> Flo- oh. In 3D text yeah, kind just of floating says, at says you. It just says the word. It's, yeah, it just says the word wow. spider. Um, it would be great to have something along the lines, but that is, that's just a, what you do is, um, you know, uh, what I've done in the past is just kind of like, well, these are, you know, uh, maybe we're not using tokens here, but, uh, or, or minis, but these are spider, you know, these, these are not spiders. These are four, le- you know, six legged, uh, elephants and they're coming at you. <laughs> they're big elephants and they're, they're yeah. spinning, you know- spinning their elephant webs at you and, and, and just sort of like kind of like you know reskin the the uh, the idea of the monster. Yeah, you mentioned spiders. It, it's kind of funny. There was a a Mandalorian episode in season two. I don't know if either or both of you have seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. He's oh, in yeah. the ice cave with all the yep. the, the spiders. Oh yeah. man, that freaked me out. And now I have <laughs> a I have two screens here, right? And I have a my my rotating uh, images are all the concept art. From Mandalorian seasons one, two, and three. And oh, they the, kind of go the, through. the show at the end. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and what'll happen is when that comes up, it takes over both screens and there's a massive spider there and all these little ones there. And it just <laughs> freaks me out. <laughs> it's like, oh, I gotta close this. So anyway, yeah, I I could do without having all the Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, um, what about uh, GMing? So you, uh, you've kind of alluded a little bit, uh, Jason, to that. Um, mm-hmm. Ron, do you have any tips uh, for GMing things that, you know, you're, you have 
kids, yep, then you've been jamming them for, for a while. Yeah. How do you kind of deal with that? I, yeah, I have. Not only do I have kids that I've been jamming for since they were young, but I've since done some jamming for kids even younger than mine. Like we're a group where my kids, who are you know early teenager years, are mm-hmm. kind of the oldest of the kids there. Um, I've been uh, recently uh, helping out a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who wants to start up a game for uh, her oldest boys and some of their friends who are kind of that nine to eleven age that I just mentioned. Um, and one of the things that I didn't do well enough that it took me longer to learn than it should have is frequent, frequent breaks, right? These are kids are going to need, they're going to need to run around, right? So you do maybe one fight and let somebody, hmm. you know, then let the kids run around or whatever. You either, you keep your sessions very short, or if your sh- sessions are going to be longer, like two hours, which is kind of a long time to sit in one place. Um, the, uh, I mean, kids don't even have classes that long. They get breaks in between, right? Make sure mm-hmm. you've got specific scheduled breaks for them to kind of get the physical energy out. Or if they've been sort of antsy and they're grabbing at other people's dice or pencils or whatever, right? It lets them get kind of that energy out so they can focus, focus better on the game. Um, and one thing that that I find myself doing with kids that I really should do more often when I'm gaming for anybody, even adults, is really invite the kids to help set the scene, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there's a there's a treasure chest in this room. Okay, what else is in the room? You know, hey, what what else is here? Um, and uh, and they like being part of sort of setting the scene. But I think everybody does. That's part of the reason we're playing role playing games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, um, so that's the. Uh, the two pieces of advice I think I have is make sure you're scheduling a lot of, you know, breaks for the physical activities. Keep in mind that kids don't sit in one place and game for hours at a time, the way that we adults do, because getting up and moving around is sometimes a bit of a chore, but for them, it is not, it is a necessity. Um, And, you know, help them invite them in to set the scene. No, I think that's awesome. I I, I haven't done a lot of kids. I, I've been to conventions and, you know, I've had, um, a couple of folks have brought their teens and preteens into play. And uh, it's tougher for me because I don't know the extent to which the parent wants me to explain things or if the, sometimes the parents explaining stuff, right? How things are going, mm-hmm. you know, and or if they want me just to treat them like I would treat any adult going through expecting them to pick up stuff. So it's for me, it's a tougher thing because I I've never um my kids have never played role-playing games with me. Now, when they're adults, they play, but they never played. <laughs> they never. I wasn't cool enough then, but apparently now it's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't have the experience. So it's uh, that's good to see. And I'm a little. Did, I, I've thought yeah. about doing some at Gen Con. Uh, I'll probably get a. I'll probably get kids uh, in in the mm-hmm. in the play test that I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah, if it's kids you don't know, one of the things that I learned, I had a friend, I actually watched a friend learn this at a convention. There's a uh, a very tough lesson with, you know, don't don't think just because they're kids, they either aren't paying attention or don't know. Right. There was a, right. uh, gosh, a young woman at, at my friend's table. I mean, she was maybe 11 or 12 and was there with her dad and was on like a like a dry tablet or whatever with most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like she was just kind of totally checked out and helping right. dad. And then they go to the first combat and it's like, oh, you know, it's your turn. And she kind of looks over and goes, all right, well, my, I guess my fighter's going to go here. 
no, I'm going to go ahead and move over here because my fighter's then going to use power attack for this many points and I get this plus and these other pluses and boom. Well, that's actually a crit because of my expanded thing and boom, 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 boom. just totally just blew away. She plainly knew the game and plainly knew everything that was happening at the table. And my friend who had just assumed she was just totally checked out and would have to hold her hand through the whole thing realized, oh oh no, she's (laughs) she's paying more attention than the other adults at the table. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've encountered that. Uh, I actually encountered that at a special um, something and somebody actually had headphones on and it turns out there were other reasons why they were, they were doing that. But yeah, as soon as it came to the action, wow, they were all over. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, um, I'm, this is fun, you know, so we've, we've kind of covered some more Starfinder second edition stuff and some additional things. Um, You guys have anything you want to talk about next time? Or if our listeners have ideas, let, let, let us know as well. But, you guys have any things you want to talk about? Can I tell you that I've discovered something? Uh, just you can. Now. Just again, more about the uh, playtest stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, that's coming out. So the, the description for the flip mats says there's going to be another adventure and drops the name of that adventure Oh. in the description of the flip mats. So there's oh, like a stealth adventure announcement in there. It's, it, the adventure is called Empires Devoured. And, wow, uh, wow. No real idea mm. when that's coming out. So that's something we can maybe speculate wildly on if we want to, or or wait, just wait until they tell us more. Well, until there's a product page for it, which... Until there's a product page, yeah. Which will probably... So these were June and July drops, so... No, this is expected August. So maybe that's a September drop then. Maybe it's a September drop, yeah. So we got to wait. The announcement we'll have will to wait. come for we'll another month. So... <laughs> Keep keep an eye out for that though. I think that's something we should. Well, once yeah, we know, good. More, I'm gonna have to can check that out again. Out oh, again. Oh, uh, next week though, I don't know. Let's let's uh, we'll yeah, figure it we, out. We can, as you okay. <laughs> I'll look for it. How's that? And I'll see if I can yeah. find it. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm John, and I'm Ron, and I'm Jason, and this has been Digital Divination. <laughs>